Hello, this is Terry Lee, Chair of the Community Media Association. It's August 2023 and we have some UK community media news for you. I'm delighted to be joined again by the Vice Chair, VJ Umrao. Hello, VJ. Hello, Terry. How are you doing? I'm, I'm marvellous and it's always good to, to be back. And it's always good to hear your voice as well. Uh, later, we're going to hear from CMA Council member Susie Stevens with some community radio news. We will also hear from our CMA member of the month. Spoiler, he's got a good first name. And we'll also find out more about one member of the CMA team. Spoiler, it's the one and only Danny Lawrence. But first, some updates from the CMA. Uh, Keep an eye out for announcements from us, more announcements from us, about the Community Media Festival uh, taking place in October on the 28th uh, of the month in the fine city of VJ. Leicester. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Absolutely amazing. I'm so looking forward to the 28th of October. Have you got your early bird ticket? That's the first question. Yes. That's exactly, that's exactly the right question to ask because they are available. And if you're under 25, there are further discounts. And, you know, there's discounts for group bookings and all sorts. So do go on the website and social media and, and get those tickets. Go get those tickets. A uh, One speaker who has been announced is david lloyd he's got a huge background in radio commercial radio especially uh, he's written loads of books he's great entertainment as well uh, a few years ago i'm gonna visit the elephant in the room here a few years ago some might recall he wrote a critical report uh, regarding community radio but recently more recently he's praised the role of some community radio stations so fittingly he's going to be talking about the future of local radio in the UK. And VJ, I, I believe there are some other speakers who are confirmed that we are going to be drip. Yeah, we're going to be drip feeding them. Like Jason's doing his marketing thing. So I can't say too much. Although I think I sort of gave away recently that someone from PPL is going to be present for sure. Um, Again. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. 40 years of the CMA. And that's a nice, fair time, shall we say. We've been part of the community radio sector. So. 40 years of the CMA is coming to Leicester, the home of local radio or the birth of local radio, which happened in Leicester. So, so much amazing news. I've met up with Jason and some of the other team at Leicester and we've checked out the venue. The venue looks amazing. There's lots of plans after as well, what we're doing throughout the festival. Lots of people getting involved, lots of speakers, lots of stations, everyone getting involved and it's just going to be a great atmosphere from last year. So we're moving from Luton, Bedfordshire University, all the way to Leicester. I just think that's fantastic. Luton, Leicester, where else begins with L? Liverpool, uh, uh, Lancaster, I don't know, <laughs> London, obviously. Anyway, no, but that's not the plan. Uh, we're not, we're not just sticking to L places. But yeah, yeah we're in Leicester. We can't wait. Just, just moving away from from the festival. Get your tickets. Uh, some, some other activities we've been busy with the CMA uh, involve talking about key commitments. So uh, community radio stations, as I imagine a lot of you uh, listening will will realise, uh, all the different community radio stations have different key commitments they adhere to. I gave last month an online presentation about updating my key commitments with, with Ofcom. So with my community radio station, Radio Lab at the University of Bedfordshire, I went through the process and then I sort of talked about that process in this online uh, meeting and then we had lots of questions and answers and, and debate and discussion. It was really nice. About 20 stations turned up to that. 
Uh, and loads since have asked for the uh, slides uh, and and for more information about updating key commitments. And and this is all because you know there's been a a rise in stations breaching their license, not not adhering to their key commitments. So that's why we did it. Uh, I talked Quite about interesting, really. Oh yeah, Terry, because I think it's a really important. In, in, important KC, the, the key commitments for community radio. And I think it's nice that us as CMA are kind of letting, letting the station managers or stations know it's so it's not that difficult to kind of update their key commitments. Mm. It's something which stations should be visiting quite regularly, at least every so often, because things do change. Yeah. And these little changes will improve stations and let Ofcom know. We know the message from Ofcom is, talk to us yeah what other way to talk to them than than kind of just getting up to date with key commitments so yeah fantastic everyone that came along to the online meeting and the slides all of that good stuff yeah and and by the way the, the presentation for those of you who haven't seen the slides or, or weren't there i sort of did it in the spirit of those joe lysett comedy sketches i don't know if you're familiar with his work bj but he often does things where he talks about wasting people's time via emails and, and letters and so <laughs> my presentation before I knew it I realised I was saying and this is what I said and this is what they said and this is what I said <laughs> and, and I I like I, the approach well I, I wanted to just be completely transparent like this is exactly what happened and I think it reassured everyone there just to, to see you know that there was human discussion being had it's not like talking to an automated service there's a real person asking questions and, and, and they're checking in about things so it, it was great and, and to tell you what, one of the things that came up as a question afterwards was about if stations might be found in breach of their license as a result of applying to update their key commitments. So Ofcom asked me to tell community radio stations, and I did put this in the newsletter, that the enforcement and the key commitment change request processes are distinct and separate processes. Therefore, a licensee's case under one workstream will not necessarily influence the licensee's case under another. And then the, the main point being, we cannot recall any case where enforcement action has been launched in response to a key commitments change request. So um, that's Ofcom trying to reassure you as much as possible uh, that, that they are not uh, linked processes. Um, and Ofcom really want to work with community stations to know about changes and want to support community radios because they understand the need that community radios and stations are forever changing so it's important to kind of have that relationship with Ofcom they don't always want to be seen as the bad person in the room or or they're just doing what they need to do just like we're doing what we need to do so I think having a good relationship with Ofcom and changing them key commitments or updating shall we say rather than calling it a change it's more of an update shall we say you know um I think that's amazing so yeah brilliant and uh just finally in terms of this this brief newsy bit at the start of the podcast vj that there was an announcement uh, just this week about the community radio fund awards there's loads more about this on our social media pages but in summary 53 applications were considered by the panel uh, and the total amount of funding requested in these applications was just over a million pounds 13 applicants 13 well yeah i know were awarded grants so 13 out of 53 um, special thanks, I think, must be given to Richard Hilton, who helped three CMA member stations apply. And, and frankly, VJ, there's not enough in the pot. That's that's what's clear here. And I did yeah. speak to our contact at DCMS to make this point about earlier today. 
Uh, he doesn't disagree either. You know, this is the problem. You, you talk to these people, go like, something must change. And they're saying, yes, something actually probably should change. DCMS think that the £400,000 a year that goes into Community Radio Fund is excellent value. And they would love there to be more money. That's their, their line. I think the challenge for us, BJ, uh, for the CMAs is to find a way that we can really emphasise the social gain side of community radio. Uh, things like the value of our work in education, communication skills, community cohesion, and try to appeal to, I guess, other government departments and, and try and see if there's a way of, if not the Community Radio Fund, some other government form of funding uh, for, for community radio stations, some other pots out there. Um, because what's clear is that the, the fund, in its current guise, is, is just oversubscribed massively. Well, there's a lot of community radio stations out there for the amount of funding there is. So we know the maths doesn't quite make sense. But however, the 13 that actually got um, were successful in their applications. We can see some of the amounts that they got rewarded, which was very healthy. It was some really good projects. We've seen a lot of business development going on. We've seen a lot of sales, training, etc., marketing projects. So this is kind of sustainability of the radio station. I think that's really important as well. If people are applying or willing to apply, think about sustainability as the key element of the community radio fund. But as Terry mentions, um, it's also about we need to find different areas of funds that can fund community radio sector. Hmm. Um, and there might be other pots out there within government and it could be for something else. We can clearly see... I don't want to say 100%, but from what off, well, from what the fund is giving people, it's about sustainability. Yeah. That's what they do really, really care about, sustainability. So once you've applied for the funding, maybe they're looking for you to then be self-sustainable and that would be the kickstart for the station. Yep, absolutely. And I think that is the, the message that DCMS generally are putting across. That's what the fund is primarily there for. Right, let's, let's move on because BJ... Uh, I think it's time we heard from some friends of ours, friends from Wales, uh, this month's CMA Member of the Month. Hello, I'm Terry Mann and I'm from GTFM, which is based near Pontypridd in the county of Rhondda Cynantaf, which as its name suggests, is an amalgamation of communities in several South Wales river valleys. Our station is proud to have pioneered community radio in Wales in 2002 as the only Welsh participant in the outgoing Radio Authority's 15-station UK Access Radio pilot study. GTFM's target community is everyone who lives in our FM transmission area, which comprises around three-quarters of the county borough's quarter of a million residents. Programmes are mostly presented in English, but with some Welsh. In fact, in an area where the latest census says a fifth of residents understand and use Welsh, though lots more are learning now, we have five dedicated hours a week of Welsh language programming. A recent example of success was, despite COVID, in 2021, we obtained grant funding from a local wind farm operator to build two key FM relay transmitters to serve the entire Cunnan River Valley, which lies only a few miles away from Pontypridd, but on the other side of a rather large hill. And it contains Aberdare, amongst other communities, which by a small margin is actually the county's largest town in population terms, just ahead of our long-term key town, Pontypridd. 
So these transmitters have added a significant 65,000 residents to our main FM coverage area. And right now, we're building a third relay out of a four-site project to better reach the Tonnerreville area. We've also applied for an SSDAB license for, wait for it, an eight-transmitter network. Yes, because of the bumpy nature of the land, that's what we'll need to cover all of RCT and neighbouring Merthyr County, which has no community radio at all at the moment, so we're working with a group called Merthyr Radio who want to open a local station, as they say similar to GTFM, on our multiplex there. One of our biggest challenges is day-to-day sustainability, feeding the hungry cash flow particularly in the light that many local advertisers have been grounded by the cost of living crisis. Therefore, our Welsh Government advertising, which is largely health-related during the pandemic, has been a lifeline, though that has temporarily dried up too. But we've sold some key sponsorships to keep us going, the biggest of which is sponsorship of our hourly weather forecasts for a year, which was brokered actually by a Cardiff advertising agency we've developed a good relationship with over several years on behalf of Transport for Wales, who is spending around a billion pounds upgrading Welsh trains, including many millions on the electrification of our local valleys commuter lines down into Cardiff. What about the future? Well, by this time next year, I hope we might be about to launch both GTFM and maybe a temporary pop-up digital station on our new multiplex to cover the National Eisteddfod of Wales, the annual cultural festival which visits RCT next August. It's always good to have a target, isn't it? And what about ambitions? Well, mine is to make GTFM properly sustainable by achieving an operational scale capable of paying the bills and building up the reserves of our charity for the first time since the start of austerity in 2009, so that our 50 or so volunteers can continue to serve their community into the digital future, whatever that means. If you are interested in being our member of the month, email office at communitymedia.uk. We'd love to give you a one-minute platform in a future episode. At VJ, there's loads more community media news to share, so let's hear from our fellow CMA Council member, Susie Stevens. Local Radio Day returns for 2023 looking for local community heroes. Sound Vision want to celebrate those everyday people and organisations across the country that go the extra mile, aiding others, making a difference and elevating their communities. Not forgetting, of course, the heroes at all our local radio stations broadcasting breaking news and critical information, showcasing new talent and fresh artistry and keeping us all company wherever we may be. For this eighth annual celebration of Local Radio Day, the theme is Community Heroes. Sound Vision is inviting local radio stations to gather Community Hero nominations and then share their incredible stories on the airwaves and social media. The date for Local Radio Day is Friday the 20th of October. Ofcom announced latest Community Radio Fund Awards. Ofcom's Community Radio Fund panel met on Tuesday the 11th of July to consider applications in the first round of funding for the 23-24 financial year. 53 applications were considered. The total amount of funding requested in these applications was just over £1 million. 13 applicants were awarded grants which totaled £213,433. 
The grants awarded range from £5,300 up to £25,802 for individual positions with an average of £16,418. Special thanks must be given to our CMA Treasurer, Richard Hilton, who helped three CMA member stations apply. Susie Radio Play for Ukraine On Thursday, the 27th of July, in Bletchingley, Surrey, right in the heart of Susie Radio, 103.4's transmission area, the community came together to support a pilot event, Play for Ukraine. The purpose of the event was to raise funds for United 24, President Zelensky's charity, to rebuild schools in Ukraine. The CMAs and Susie Radio's Neil Monday was asked to conduct the televised interviews being recorded by Sky TV, United 24, Play for Ukraine and Game for Ukraine, including the Minister for Children MP Claire Cornino. Excerpts are due to be broadcast to 102 countries globally during the Celebrity Dream Team Game for Ukraine halftime break, which is also supported by various pop stars. Neil will be pleased to share edits with any community radio stations around the UK via the CMA, an initiative supported by Play for Ukraine. Local radio station Gateway 97.8 has launched a special History of Local Radio Broadcasting Festival this summer, running from 31st of July until 27th of August. The festival aims to explore the history of community radio, starting from the days of Radio Basildon, which used rediffusion cable to broadcast across the town up to the present era, where Gateway 97.8 entertains the local community through its FM radio frequency, while also providing educational and informative content. The event also seeks to educate attendees about the early days of broadcasting, including disc jockeys and presenters from the 1950s and 1960s who used state-of-the-art analogue equipment before the advent of computers. It functions as a working museum, allowing visitors, including children, to try their hand at being a DJ using retro equipment and it offers disabled access to the site. Salam Radio listeners raise a staggering £126,000 for charities. Congratulations are in order for Salam Radio as they have successfully raised an impressive sum of money during their on-air appeals. This fantastic achievement will now be distributed to support various local charities as well as those raising funds for critical causes in Syria, Somalia and orphans among others. The station's commitment to serving as an excellent platform for charity appeals has undoubtedly played a significant role in raising funds for these incredibly worthwhile courses, both locally and internationally. Salam Radio's unwavering support for charitable initiatives continues to showcase the generosity and compassion of the community, reaffirming their positive impact on society. Congratulations once again to Salam Radio and all those involved in this remarkable effort. New collaboration announced between Wanderers TV and Bolton FM. Bolton Wanderers is excited to announce that the 2023-24 season's match commentary for Wanderers TV will be offered by the club in collaboration with Bolton FM. Derek Clark, a renowned broadcaster and writer, will transition from Bolton FM to become the lead commentator for Wanderers TV. Throughout the season, Derek will be joined by co-commentators, including 
former players of Wanderers in partnership with the Bolton Wanderers Former Players Association. The club will continue its close association with Bolton FM, ensuring that commentary for Wanderers fixtures will still be broadcast across the station. Congrats for 10 years on air, Irvin Beat FM. In August, Irvin Beat FM is gearing up to celebrate a decade of being a full-time community radio station. The festivities will include various competitions for listeners starting from August the 7th, followed by special features throughout the day on August the 12th. To mark the occasion, the station plans to host a party for its volunteers and special guests in the evening. Irvin BFM owes its success to the dedication of its volunteers, who generously contribute their free time to present shows and handle various roles, including IT, production and support. Y01 Radio appoint new community coordinator. Judy Blackburn has been appointed as the new community coordinator for Y01 Radio, a York-based radio station that serves as the media partner of The Press. With this appointment, the station aims to bolster its support for local not-for-profit groups, schools, charities and grassroots sports organisations. Julie is a well-known figure in York, recognised for her extensive charitable work as a volunteer for York Against Cancer and Cancer Research UK. Over the past five years, she has been battling secondary cancer and proudly identifies herself as a cancer survivor. Managing Director of Y01 Radio, Wayne Chadwick, expressed his delight in having Julie join the team, praising her as a remarkable and highly respected individual in the local area and hinting at forthcoming exciting announcements for the radio station's development. The East Lincolnshire Broadcasting promises rural radio revolution. East Lincolnshire Broadcasting, ELBC CIC, based in Boston, has recently been granted a small-scale DAB multiplex licence by Ofcom. This exciting development will allow ELBC to broadcast a series of radio stations tailored to the tastes of listers on Lincolnshire's east coast, covering areas such as Boston, Spalding and Skegness. The launch date for the stations is yet to be confirmed, but once operational, they will provide new commercial, community and pop-up digital radio offerings to the local audience. Aerial back in action to support Vectis Radio. Last winter, the station's original aerial, which now serves as a standby, was brought down due to high winds, rendering it effectively inactive. Island Road stepped in to assist at the time, providing a team and a cherry picker to ensure safety, but the aerial remained out of operation. Recently, the Island Roads team revisited the transmitter site at St George's Down to restore the second aerial to full functionality. This new setup allows for a seamless transition to the original mast if any issues arise with the main aerial, ensuring uninterrupted broadcasting of Vectis programmes. Future Radio can finally say home sweet home. Future Radio, the community radio station of Norwich, faced a significant setback when the Open Youth Trust collapsed in April 2020, leading to the station's closure and the need to shift operations online. Losing its base at Bank Plain, the team faced the formidable task of raising substantial funds for a new studio. Despite the challenges, they persevered in their efforts and succeeded in finding a new home at a former police station in Woodcock Road. 
The station's chief executive officer, Daniel Childerhouse, commended the dedication of the staff and volunteers who not only kept the station running but also supported each other, trained new volunteers, raised funds and maintained a commitment to broadcasting high-quality content focused on and for the communities it serves. Moreover, the move to the new studio offered the team the chance to interact with guests and volunteers in person, providing a boost to morale and the hope for a stable and permanent base. The success of Future Radio's move was made possible through the generous support of local organisations, which provided tens of thousands of pounds in grants. With their renewed broadcasting operations and commitment to empowering volunteers with media industry experience and community engagement opportunities, Future Radio continues to play a pivotal role in launching careers in the media industry, just as it did for renowned personalities like BBC Radio 1's Greg James. There were loads and loads of stories there, all taken from our monthly CMA newsletter. Members are sent that for free, so check your inboxes and your junk mail. A story to mention again is that of my old community radio station in Norwich, Future Radio. They found a new home, and I'm I'm delighted for them. I actually got to pop in and, and say hello to them last week, and it's looking great. It was really nice to catch up with Dean and the team. Uh, it was really touch and go at Future Radio a few years ago. They basically lost their home. Uh, when the charity that sort of housed them in the centre of Norwich basically went under and and they didn't have a way of accessing their studio anymore. So Future Radio during COVID had um, some real tough times. Uh, But now it's got a proper base and there were loads of volunteers coming in and out whilst I was there. And I was only there for 45 minutes. So it was really nice to, to catch up with those guys. It's a proper Norwich institution and one that I'm really proud to be able to say I I played a part in. BJ, how long have you guys been in your base at Eva FM? Well, funny enough, it's 15 years of Eva FM in December. So we've been in this location for 15 years now, coming up to 15 years. We're hoping to stay for another 15 and longer. (laughs) So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think COVID did have a real hard time on a lot of us. And it's really good to hear that they found a new location, a new base. And it must have been difficult for them to change studios, technically wiring. We know the whole, what radio, the studio element brings, never mind transmission. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's just really wonderful to hear that they've got a new base and you visited, yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah, I, I very much enjoyed the visit. And they, they had some old newspaper cutouts with like my oh, face. Wow. When I had less grey hairs, VJ, over 10 years ago. I used to write a newspaper column for, for Future Radio every week. The famous newspaper column, right? <laughs> the Norwich Evening News. I mean, we all read that. Anyway, I'll, I'll move on. I'll move on. The other story that really jumped out at me was of CMA councillor Neil Monday's Play for Ukraine project uh, with his station Susie Radio, uh, raising money for rebuilding schools in Ukraine. I mean, a real noble cause. And it sounds like there's actual... What a fantastic project. What an amazing project to get schools going and be... And I believe it's very official too. It's not just a cause. It's really, they're really involved with the whole Ukraine, yeah. getting the schools back up off the ground, which is fantastic news. Yeah, and, and it certainly sounds like it's keeping Neil busy when I've, when I've asked him about it. BJ, one other person that was uh, mentioned in Susie's roundup was Danny Lawrence with his well, excellent... Famous Danny, Danny famous, Lawrence. Yeah, famous Danny Lawrence with his excellent history of radio project that he's doing in Basildon. Uh, great work, Danny. So before we wrap up, let's hear from him as we meet the CMA. Hello, I'm Danny Lawrence and I'm a council member and advisor for the CMA. 
I'm also part of uh, Gateway 97.8 here in sunny Basildon in Essex and also run the Radio Hub. The first time I was on the radio was around 1979. Oh, makes me feel old. Uh, A hospital radio when I was only 11. And it gave me such a great thrill to get over shyness. One of my heroes was Kenny Everett, who was very popular uh, in those days. Uh, and even recorded a jingle for the hospital radio at that particular time. Outside of community radio, um, I'm on my local council. I do a lot of work in the community, director and patron of a few community projects. My star sign is Sagittarius, and my favourite food, and don't tell anyone because I'm diabetic, is sirloin steak. Football team, well I've got to say West Ham, haven't I? So BJ, you've been to Basildon where Danny's uh, station Gateway is based. How would you describe uh, the situation uh, of Gateway, as in where it is? Because I'm sure that some of the people listening will have no idea. Well, it was a really interesting village, shall I say, Terry, because it is in a shopping centre. Yeah. It is in the centre of, of Basildon. What an amazing location. We were greeted, we were welcomed with open arms, a fantastic location. The whole place is buzzing, shall I say, mm. in the shopping centre. It's, it, it, it's inspired me and everyone that I speak to that what you can achieve with community radio. And, and you know what? It was, a, it was a great, it was great to be hosted by Danny there. And, and, and I've got to visit there again. You know, I thought it was fantastic. The work they're doing with young people, the projects they're doing, um, the social game factor is 10 out of 10. Yep. I couldn't say no more. So it was an amazing visit for us there. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. Terry? Yeah. And, and Danny, Danny, of course, really knows his stuff, and that's why he's such a valuable yeah. member of the CMA team. VJ, right, that's all we've got time for in this episode of the Community Media Podcast. So massive thanks for your time. Thank you, Terry, for also calling me into the podcast. It's always a pleasure. You're, you're incredibly welcome. We'd always welcome further thoughts and feedback from our members on what they'd like to hear from this podcast, the CMA's podcast. So email office at communitymedia.uk with your thoughts. Uh, please subscribe if you haven't already for the latest news about UK Community Radio uh, and the CMA. So this podcast was presented by Terry Lee, BJ Rao, and Susie Stevens, and it was produced by Terry Lee at the University of Bedfordshire.